My name is Andy, and, and I have the honor and the privilege uh, to get to be the new associate pastor here at Lover's Lane and the pastor of Thrive. And, and I just want to say what a blessing it is to be able to worship with you and worship with the band. Thank you to Dee Dee and Rafe and all of those who have uh, led us in worship. In, in, incredible. Thank you so, so much. Um, this morning, uh, I'm going to start something um, that's really special for Thrive. Um, I know that the um, sermon series um, that uh, the wider church is participating in, Down by the Riverside, is a very important conversation about um, the uh, different things that are going on in our nation right now. But for the next three weeks, um, I thought it'd be really important uh, for you and I to get to know each other. And so uh, I'm going to be reaching out. I've already reached out to some of you. I'll be reaching out to the rest of you uh, in the next couple of weeks just to kind of get to know you a little bit. And my hope is that through the next three weeks, um, I could tell you a little bit about myself as well. And so I'm going to take you through some of my, my favorite scriptures, things that I believe are, are really important um, to find in the Bible. And so um, this morning, I'm going to start with with one of my favorite Old Testament passages. Uh, if you have your Bible with you or if you have a, a phone app or whatever it is, I invite you to turn to Genesis 12, verses 1 through 3. I think we'll have it on the screen as well. This is the call of Abram. Um, later, he'll become Abraham. And um, this is, again, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will, I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Uh, we have a tradition, or at least I have a tradition, where we, um, after the scripture we say, this is the word of the Lord, and then the rest of the congregation, even where it's your home, you will say, thanks be to God. Let's try that together. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. You know, as I was praying about this scripture, and, and as I was um, kind of unpacking it this week, I, I realized a truth, and, and I don't know if you've realized this as well, but it, um, this truth is this, that we would rather be blessed right where we are and left that way, right? I don't know if you've ever prayed those like prayers of desperation. Maybe you've gotten yourself in a particular um, situation. Um, for me in high school, it was when I didn't study for a test, you know, and, um, and, and I would realize it the moment that I sat down and there would be, you know, the words test written in, in big letters on the marker board. And I would pray those prayers of desperation, God, help me pass this test, right? It wasn't even praying for an A. It was just like, get, let me get by. You know what I mean? And, and those kinds of prayers, I don't know if you've ever prayed those prayers. Maybe it was a financial situation. Maybe it was a relationship or, or whatever it was. But in those situations, you know, we would rather be blessed right where we are and then left that way. Because those prayers are, are that God would change something about ourselves without us having to do any other work. Right? Like, God, I know that I put myself in this situation. I know that many of the decisions I made have led to this point, but I would rather you save me from this. I would rather you bless me right here and then leave me right here. But what I have found and what I read through Scripture is that God doesn't typically work that way. God doesn't typically work that way. And, and I've begun to realize this in my own life. I, um, I feel like I have a special affinity with Abram, later to become Abraham, um, in, in my own life and in my own life story. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, my wife Melissa and I met um, back when we were in junior high in Coweta, Oklahoma. I think, I, I think we have a, an embarrassing picture of it um, for you. 
Do we have that? Maybe not. Maybe later. I'll show you. There it is. All right. So um, there is us um, packing up to go to church camp. We met at the small church there in Coweta, Oklahoma, and um, ended up just doing everything together. And um, we ended up dating all throughout junior high and high school and um, throughout college. We got married between our junior and senior year of college. And uh, we got married and, and almost immediately went into ministry. Uh, we started working there at a church in Oklahoma City, and um, after I graduated from seminary and was ordained, I um, was appointed to a church in northern Oklahoma City, a town called Edmond. And it was there that Melissa and I had continued doing ministry together. We had been on staff, really, at every church we had been at, and, and we were both doing ministry together. My wife, Melissa, at the time was, doing a, was a director of discipleship, and I remember this moment very vividly. Um, sitting in our living room, my wife, Melissa, was sitting in a, in a plush white armchair, um, reading her Bible and, and having her devotional, and, and she looked up at me from that moment, and she said, I think God is calling me to go to seminary. And I said, yeah, of course God is. You know, we'd been, we'd been talking about this for a while now, and, and, and I had told her, you know, I think, I think you might be called to this. And so this was kind of a no-brainer. Of course God is calling you to seminary. And so this, in a way, felt like God telling us to get up and go to a country, go to a land that God would show us. And so we started looking for that. When we started researching seminaries and looking all around, and, and finally we settled on um, Melissa to go to Perkins School of Theology, uh, just right here at SMU in Dallas, and for us to move to Texas. And so in, in a few short months, um, last year of 2019, we um, packed up our, our minivan and, and headed on the road. I had um, the minivan, I, again, I have another picture for you. I had packed the minivan full with uh, all the stuff that we could fit and the two kids who were with me. My daughter Anna there is seven and my son Elijah here is four and Melissa was driving the other car and, and we packed up and we drove down to Texas. This felt like getting up and going to a land that God would show us. I think I have another picture for you of, of our mini Schnauzer Bailey, who was maybe the most excited. This is kind of the way her face looks. But, um, you know, she was, we, we drove all the way down to Texas. And this, this, this felt like going to this, you know, really mysterious place. We didn't know what it was going to be like. And that's whenever I realized something. Whenever we got down to Texas, I realized something that blessings typically follow an act of faith. Right? Blessings typically follow an act of faith. And, and you might have heard another term like a, a leap of faith. And, and maybe that's that. Maybe it's this you know, really big grand thing of moving to a different state, of, of going to a land that God would show you. But maybe it's a small thing. And I don't, I don't want to say that, that you have to take this grand leap in order to receive a blessing. But I believe that whatever it is, blessings typically follow these acts of faith. But this is not the way we would have it, right? Like if we had it up to ourselves, you know, we would say, God, you know, I've got some cards and I'll show you them whenever you show me yours, right? Like I'll, I'll tell you, and you know, what I would rather do once you show me everything, the whole plan laid out. But what we realize from Genesis 12 is that this is not the way God works, right? In, in Genesis 12, we hear these words that, that God does not say, Abram, get up, and, and later I'm going to change your name to Abraham. Just get ready for that. You know, start changing your name on all the forums and all that kind of stuff. Okay, so I'm going to change your name to Abraham, and you're going to go to this land that it's going to be called Canaan. Heads up, there's going to be people there, so you're going to have to deal with all that. But you're going to, you're going to have children. I know you're old, and, and I know that Sarai are old, but you're going to have children, and, and, and you're going to have a son, Isaac, who will bear Jacob and Esau, and then Jacob's going to have 12 sons, and those are going to make up the 12 tribes of Esau, and then, you know, there's going to be like these kind of two part tribes. But anyways, and, and, and they're going to inhabit this land that I will show you. That's the whole plan, Abraham. 
No, God doesn't do that. God doesn't do that. In fact, God simply says this. Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. That's it. That's the command. Go to a land that I will show you. And this is when we realize that blessings typically follow an act of faith. And I, and I wonder what that is for you. I wonder what God is inviting you to do. I wonder where that act of faith, I wonder what that land that God is inviting you to go to is. Maybe, maybe it's personal. Maybe since you've moved into this quarantine and, and, and all that's happening in your home, I wonder if God is using this opportunity to bless you. Not that God has caused this in any way, not, not that God is, has caused this virus, but I wonder if God is using it as an opportunity to get through to you. That God is inviting you to slow down. That God is inviting you to pay more attention to your family. That God is inviting you to do something so that God can bless you. I wonder what that act of faith is for you. I wonder if it's a new job opportunity. Maybe even with a lower pay but more fulfilling opportunity. Maybe the act of faith is a decision as a family that you're invited to make. Whatever it is, I invite you to pray about that this week. What is that act of faith that God is inviting you to consider, that land that God will show you? But here's the thing about blessings. Here's the thing about blessings is that, that these blessings are not for us alone. In fact, we know this to be true, that we are blessed to be a blessing, right? We are, are blessed to be a blessing, that, that this blessing that, that we receive is not just for us alone. It's not just so that we ourselves can be better, but so that God can make the world better through us. Right? And we see this again in Genesis 12. Whenever God calls Abram, he says this, that in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Right? In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed, that God is going to use Abram to bless all the families, and I believe that God is still doing it today. That I believe that God is talking to you. In you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. In you, your extended family will be blessed. In you, your friends will be blessed. In you, your neighbors, those who live closest to you, in you, those families will be blessed, especially those who don't yet know him. I believe that is what God is doing, that, that we are not blessed just to be blessed ourselves, but that we are blessed to be a blessing. But here's the thing about that. If we're actually going to go and do that thing, if we're actually going to go and be a blessing for other people, then we have to make sure that, that, that we are spiritually and emotionally whole ourselves. That here's the truth about this. I believe this to be true, that you can only bless others out of your own abundance. You can only bless others out of your own abundance. I know this to be true emotionally, right? That if you're not emotionally whole, then you can't necessarily go and give good advice to somebody else. 
right? Because you'll just end up, you know, kind of bleeding on them. Whenever they start sharing their problems, you'll start like one-upping them, you know? Oh yeah, let me tell you about my problems. And, and it becomes this kind of back and forth that's really not helpful for either people. You can only give out of your own abundance. You can only bless others out of your own abundance. I know this to be true financially. That if we don't create some kind of margin in our life where we are living below our means, then we can't really do anything of substance with our finances, with our resources that God has given us. We can only bless others out of our own abundance. I know this to be true spiritually. That if we don't have this connection with God, if we don't have a moment where we stop every day and simply listen for what God would have us know, then it's really hard to give spiritual advice to anyone else. It's really difficult to give spiritual advice to our children. If we ourselves don't know the voice of God, it's really hard to give advice to our friends about their own spiritual matters if we ourselves haven't read through the scripture. It's very difficult to give advice to our neighbor about prayer if we ourselves don't pray. And so my hope is is that we would work diligently to become spiritually and emotionally whole. And I want to give some advice on how to do this. Um, As I mentioned, for the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about some of my favorite scriptures. In each of these sermons, I'm going to recommend some of my favorite books, books that I believe are really foundational for who I am as as a pastor and even as a person. And so the first book I want to recommend to you is this. It's a book called Boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Um, this is a book, I, I say, you know, I recommend this book, um, like next to the Bible, this is the book I've recommended the most. Um, and, and as I say that, I realize I probably haven't meant, recommended the Bible very often. You know, like most people like read it, I guess, but you know, or don't, I don't know. Anyways, uh, but, but uh, yeah, The Boundaries is, is a great book. And when somebody comes to me really needing pastoral care, the, the book I try to hand them off my shelf is this book, Boundaries. Because what um, Henry Cloud and John T- Townsend um, discuss is the fact that as Christians, we've been taught sometimes really poor boundaries, Right, we, We've been taught, you know, you're a Christian, so you should just like either just be a doormat, you know, just let everybody walk all over you. And if anybody needs anything, you have to give it to them, even if you are not well. And even if it sets up a, a bad codependent relationship, you've, you've got to do this thing. And, and what we realize is that scriptures actually says the opposite, that, that we need to help people, yes, but not at the expense of ourselves, not at the expense of our own emotional and spiritual health. And so this book I would strongly recommend to you is this book, Boundaries, by Henry Cloud and John Townsend, so that we can be spiritually, emotionally whole, so that we can actually bless others out of our own abundance. Out of our own abundance. And so I'm going to encourage you this week just to practice two things. And if you're somebody who likes to write things down, um, and, and if you're somebody who, you know, kind of likes some maybe like action steps or whatever, I would encourage you to, to practice, you know, these two things. The first thing is this, to pray about the land that God will show you. Because I believe God has a land for you. And it may not be a physical place, but I believe it is a decision to make something to choose. I believe that God has a land that God will show you, but you only hear it if you listen. Pray about the land that God will show you. Where is God inviting you to take an act of faith? And the second thing is this. Again, if, you're, if you like to write things down, I would invite you to pray about the land that God will show you. And the second thing is this, to take a step toward becoming spiritually and emotionally healthy Christian. 
Because the only way we're going to woo anyone else, the only other way we are going to love all people in the relationship with Jesus Christ, the only way we're going to do that is if we ourselves are living this spiritually full and abundant life. That we live this compelling life that other people say, I want to be a part of that. I want what you have. The only way we can give any kind of advice is if we have this kind of abundance. So I want to invite you to take a step toward becoming spiritually and emotionally healthy Christian. Maybe the first step is, is buying this book, Boundaries, by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. Maybe the first step is starting a regular prayer life. Just a moment throughout each day that you're actually praying and listening for God. Maybe the first step is just reading your Bible, maybe even one verse a day. Maybe you need, maybe your first step is to apologize to that person you've needed to apologize to for a long time. And that guilt and that shame have occupied your soul in a way that you can't overcome without having that conversation. Maybe the first step is forgiving that person that you've needed to forgive for a long time even though they haven't said I'm sorry, even though they haven't apologized, you need to forgive them for yourself so that you can let go of that pain and that suffering. I invite you to take a step toward becoming a spiritually and emotionally healthy Christian, not just for your own good, but so that you can bless the world. As I said earlier, I, I feel a little bit like Abram. You know, we came uh, to Texas a year ago. I, for the last year, I've had the privilege of um, being an associate pastor at Prosper United Methodist Church. And, and while we were there, actually, um, kind of the week uh, the coronavirus hit, my wife and I, I received a phone call um, from Oklahoma DHS, um, Department of Human Services, asking if we would adopt a, a young woman that we knew back in Oklahoma. And so we said yes. And so I want to show you a picture of my family here that um, we now have the privilege of welcoming Elena into our home. Uh, there's uh, myself, my wife, Melissa, um, our seven-year-old daughter, Anna, our uh, four-year-old son, Elijah, and then Elena, who's 17. And we've had the privilege of welcoming her into our home. I strongly believe that God would not have invited us into this relationship with Elena had we not moved to Texas, that this was an act of faith that we made, that we believed God was calling us here so that Melissa could attend seminary, and once we did that, God entrusted us with Elena. And I believe that us adopting Elena was an act of faith that God put us here. We have the amazing opportunity to be a part of the Lover's Lane community, but also we get to work with Walnut Hill it's also going through its own adoption. Friends, I believe that God will bless you if you simply begin that act of faith, if you pray about that land that God will show you. And my hope and my prayer is that we would be abundant Christians, would be able to give freely. This is my hope and my prayer for you all. Let us pray. God, thank you so much for entrusting us with your mission. God, many times we stumble, many times we fail, but God, you forgive us and send us on again by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, I pray that 
when our hearts are ready to receive, when our minds are open to that place, God, I pray that you would show us that land that you have prepared for us, that way that you have made for us, God, that your word would continue to be a lamp into our feet and a guide into our path. And God, I pray that we would become healthy, that we would have the strength and courage to live in such a way that others want to be a part that we would live in such a way that others are compelled to ask us about our hope, to ask us about our love, to ask us about our abundance, and that we would smile as we share about the great love that you have shown us in Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for calling us. We love you. We ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.